Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hashtag murder! Woo! <laughs> I'm Scar. And I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And hate the man flu. <laughs> which we're mostly recovered from. Oh my god. You had strep. I had strep. And I'm pretty sure, I didn't test myself, but I'm fairly certain that I had the goddamn COVID. The vid. Yeah. It was not good. It's Harley's fault. It is. <laughs> Actually, it's Maverick's fault. Oh, well, it's Harley's fault. He started out with it. We are not blaming Maverick. It's Harley's fault. <laughs> she created him. So that she created him, fault. so it's her fault. <laughs> if we go back that far, and we will. Yes. Because we can. We can. Uh, we will. Speaking of them, his birthday was on Thursday. Yes. Which was fun. And then my niece, Amelia, her birthday was on Friday. And then Hara's birthday was on Saturday, which was yesterday. And then Brayden's birthday is today. today. <laughs> Why so many Virgos? I can't. All the Virgos. It's too much. <laughs> uh, there's too much, like... Rigidity. Yeah. Like needing to do things and things to be done a certain way. I can't. It's too much. But I do love them. You do. It's and just you, a lot. And you love a Taurus. I do. I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Mm. And I love a Sagittarius because I love myself. Sagittarist. <laughs> and Aquarius, evidently. Ev- evidently, yeah. I've never liked an Aquarius in my entire life. Now you have two. <laughs> no, three, because Galen's <laughs> an Aquarius, right? She is. Uh, I think her birthday comes up in this case, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. I think it does. My next two cases, they both involve twins. Um, so I'm kind of oh. getting them confused. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a story for you. Guess what I did yesterday? <gasps> what did you do? I bought a TV. <laughs> <laughs> a big TV? Yeah. So what had happened was, okay. um, Whitney took the the TV that was in the bedroom when she moved out. The so little she's, guy. The little guy. Yep. Okay. So she took that TV. So I've been using my iPad. Yeah. Because we have a TV in the living room. Okay. I was like, I'll just use my iPad. I'm like, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Well, Newt, he, he also really likes the iPad. He likes to play with it. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of trying to watch TV in between a cat. So I'm going to go buy a TV. Treat yourself. Yes. So I went Which to Best Buy do. and I bought a TV. And I bought too big of a TV. And I got it home. And Kendra came downstairs to help me carry it inside. And she was like, how fucking big is this TV? And I was like, it's 55 inches because the one upstairs is 65 inches. So like, I just got one that's smaller for the bedroom. No, no, I did not do that. The one in the living room is 50 inches. The one I need that I did bring home is 55 inches. So I swapped them. (laughs) So I was like, Kendra, I'm going to put the big, big TV now in the living room. And I'm moving the living room TV into my room. And she was like, oh, no, big TV for for sports. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's what I did. But Newt, he he loves cat TV. So I've been putting cat TV on YouTube and letting him watch TV. Okay, can you explain to me what cat TV is? So you just go on YouTube and search cat TV, and it's usually like aquariums or it's birds. It's like wildlife Aww. and like like chirping and a bunch yeah. of stuff. And he, he just sits there and stares. Oh, mm-hmm. Sometimes he pauses fun. the TV. I love 
that. Mm-hmm. Katniss, he also like just enjoys watching TV. Like he'll sit on your chest and watch TikToks and all sorts of stuff. Oh my god. Yep. What a sweet baby. Katniss doesn't do that. She will watch sports. <laughs> She likes baseball. She likes baseball. She does. She's just like her mama. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay. So we're going to get into this one. Oh, boy. And it's wild. And I feel like I say it's wild about a lot of the cases that I cover. You do. <laughs> but this one is especially egregious. Oh, boy. Yeah. So hold on to your pants. Hold on to... Holding on. <laughs> something oh so this is the murder of steven beard it's a cool last name yeah mm-hmm. he's a beard isn't that what you call whenever you think <laughs> yes. someone's a lesbian yeah <laughs> or they're gay and they they're, get married yeah it's when uh gay pe- two gay people marry each other that's that's their beard like they're just pretending to be straight yeah. oh my god um so we're going back to texas texas <laughs> My, my favorite place to be. My name is George W. Bush, and I approve this message. <laughs> and I represent the Texans. Go Rangers. <laughs> uh, and we're actually going to Austin, Texas, to be specific. And we're going to start at the Austin Country Club, which is apparently a very prestigious establishment to belong to. And apparently, in order to get into this country club, it costs at least $125,000. I'm going to assume they don't sell PBR. <laughs> I would say that's a, that is very safe. <laughs> there ain't no PBR here. Um, so that's a wild amount to join a anything. Yeah. Um, that's, that's crazy to join. No, a- I'm good. Uh, but this is where the high class society lives and plays. And it's a place where everyone wants to be. Except me. <laughs> Except us. Ah, because we're broke and we cannot afford that. No. So this is where we meet a man named Stephen Beard, who works in the television industry. He works for... Oh, TV time. (laughs) Yeah. He works for KBVO TV. Okay, that's a mouthful. Yeah, that's too many letters. And he's an executive there, and apparently Steve is like a hell of a guy. He's nice, he's funny, he's generous... He cares about the people around him, and he's a great person to have in your life. Cool. Also, he's a multimillionaire worth over at least $12 million. That must be nice. (laughs) That's insane. That's fucking ridiculous. I'm worth about $27. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I am worth. To society. But anywho. So Steve is at this country club and he meets this waitress named Celeste Johnson. And they hit it off. Celeste was way into Steve despite a seemingly large age difference. Well, I mean, that fat ass wallet helps. And that. Yeah. Also, side note, Celeste, she seems very familiar and I can't quite place it on how I know her just yet. But I will tell you... It hit me like halfway through the episode and I was like, this is who she reminds me of. Oh, so we'll get there. Celeste Johnson. She was born on February 13th, 1963. Gaylene's birthday. Which is Gaylene's birthday. She was also born on 1963. (laughs) Nope. She's two years. Oh, that was a joke. Oh. And she was born in Culver City, California. And she was adopted by Edwin and Nancy Johnson almost immediately after her birth. 
And Celeste had a very good upbringing. Very nice. Yeah. So whenever Celeste is 17, she marries a guy named Craig Bratcher. And the reason for the marriage, you ask? Prego. (laughs) Not the pasta sauce. No, not the pasta. Um, Not only was she pregnant, she was pregnant with twins. Yeah. And the twins actually arrived three months early. And she names the identical baby girls Christina and Jennifer. Oh, that poor girl. She was born on Galen's birthday and had twins. I know. What are the odds? That's what if weird. that's like a weird February 13th thing? That's weird. Hey, if y'all were born on February 13th and you also gave birth to twins, please let us know. If, I would love to know. If they're also annoying, like the pair of twins that we know, <laughs> please also let us know. Okay, so we got two twins. Well, I guess you wouldn't say two twins. Two girls? Two twin girls? Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. Christina and Jennifer. Got it. Yeah. So whenever the twins are pretty young, Craig decides that he wants to move him and his family up to Washington State from California. And he didn't really discuss this with Celeste, um, but Celeste really wanted to be like a whole family unit with the husband and the kids, the whole shebang. So Celeste finally gave in and followed Craig to Washington State. That makes sense. You know, don't talk to your significant other about why you want to move states. (laughs) Just do just, it. Just do just it. Do it. Just You're go. Like, Are you coming? Like, come on. Like, did you pack yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you packed up that kitchen. I know you have. So Celeste moves to Washington and everything is great. I feel like you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Celeste and Craig get divorced fairly soon. <laughs> fairly soon after moving to Washington State. In 1988, Celeste decides that she's going to make the move to Phoenix, Arizona. And this is whenever the divorce is finalized. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, so there's no Lily in here. <laughs> quick side note. Uh, I decided to talk to text these notes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so the next notes are no, no, Lily and no. Because she got chicken breast off of the counter. Bad Lily. <laughs> I was yelling at her. <laughs> oh, I heard her eating it and I just, yeah. So that was the first time that mm-hmm. Lillian got the chicken breast off the counter. Anyway, Celeste meets and marries someone else. And this marriage also quickly falls apart. Celeste says that she could, like, bounce from guy to guy and city to city because she was always looking for happiness, but she just couldn't quite find it. She sounds like a Sagittarius. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Flight she risk. She sounds like me. Oh, man. Talking about bouncing around and moving and, yeah, we're a lot. So, in 1991, <laughs> this is the second time that Lily got the same chicken breast off the counter. <laughs> oh, and it says, Lily, no, 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 ma'am, no. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so in 1991, whenever Celeste is working as a waitress, she meets a man named Jimmy Martinez. And Celeste, at this point, is around 28 years old. Okay. And Celeste decides that she is going to marry Jimmy. Shocking. Yeah. So now we're on marriage number three at 28 years old. All right. Celeste, girl, get your life together. She is. She's getting married. (laughs) Third time's a charm. That's so crazy. 
Oh, but Celeste is crazy about Jimmy, so they go through with it. I'm sure. Yeah. So once the custody battle over the girls is finally settled between her and husband number one, mm-hmm. Jennifer, one of the twins, has to go back to Washington to live with her father, Craig. So this leaves Christina back at home in Arizona with Celeste. So the twins have been separated. And they actually live separated for three years. That's weird. As and they're siblings? like young teenagers at this point. At like, as like twins, too. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, can you imagine growing up with someone your entire life and then 12 to 13 years in, they're just like, Oh, yeah, you guys gotta live separate now? That's so weird. I know. So. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. But apparently that's how the agreement was. Um, So Christina said that growing up with Celeste, her mother, was very unstable. Like, so unstable that Celeste would just randomly drop Christina off at, like, foster homes. Sounds healthy. And Christina recounts that she was always in, like, fight or flight mode whenever she was around Celeste. And that, quote, not enough locks existed to make me feel safe from her mother. Oh. End quote. That's not the kind of relationship you want with your mother. Fucking yikes. Also, could you imagine being the other twin that's, like, probably living just a fine and dandy life with dad? I know. In Washington. Just, like, in a completely different state, just completely living a different life. That's weird. Yeah. And I wonder, they didn't say this, but I wonder if they stayed in communication somehow. Because this is, like, the early 90s, so maybe, like, uh, AOL. AOL Messenger. They aimed each other. Fucking aim. I was thinking about that the other day. And like, I spent so much time. I'm not shocked at all. On AIM. And then fucking mom, she'd get a phone call and then she'd just, just do it. She'd kill the internet <laughs> real quick. Uh, okay. So not a good situation. And apparently Celeste wasn't a super great mother. And she also wasn't a really great homemaker. She wasn't a very good cook. She didn't really keep up with the house. She wasn't good at the whole parenting, home parent thing. But she could shop. Oh, (laughs) what a great life skill. She was a shopper. Holy shit. And we're going to get to the shopping a little bit later on. Now we're moving forward a little to 1993, and Celeste has since moved to Austin, Texas. She gets this job as a waitress at the Austin Country Club. She loves it. She loves getting to meet all these high society, fancy pants, rich people, and she kind of like gets in with them, and she just thought she was hot stuff, and she was making a fuck ton of money. Oh, she reminds me of uh, Catherine uh, Kelly from uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Get, get with the rich people to, to be rich. Yes. Yeah. Just trying to make those connections with the high, the high, high up people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 1993 is whenever Celeste meets Stephen Beard. And Celeste is 30. And I want you to guess how old Stephen Beard is. Mm, she said he's older? Yes. 60. He's 69. Oh, my favorite number. <laughs> He's 69. That's disgusting. Okay. Yeah. So 30 and 69. Also, fun story about 69. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the act of 69, but trying to de- to describe 69. Uh, so I have this game called Five Second Rule. Okay. And I have the like adult version of the game. It's a very fun game. If you ever want to play it, it's a good time. Um, so the word on the card was 69. So Dustin got the card and he didn't really know how, how to, to explain it. it. 
Oh my god. So he took his arms and he like crossed him in front of himself like like um I dream of Jeannie, like just in front of him. Oh yeah, like the And he points both of his pointer fingers down and starts like pointing them in a down direction. Uh... <laughs> I was like, those are two very confused gay men. <laughs> if that's how you think sixty nine works. <laughs> I mean, if anything, like it'd be the uh, this one, would have been better. Uh, yeah, or like <laughs> use he, your hands and like clap. I don't know. <laughs> but he pointed both of his fingers down. Oh, it was so silly. I can't. But anyways, that's their age difference. So apparently, Steve he always wanted a younger wife. He wanted someone to take care of, someone he could show the world to, someone to have adventures with, and someone to spoil. And keep in mind, at this point, Celeste is still married to Jimmy Martinez. So what does she do? Where the fuck is Jimmy? She divorces Jimmy so that she can be with Steve. Ah, She was like, bye, Jim. That was fun. I think we're done now. So now Celeste has moved on to husband number four. This is so great for her. (laughs) Husband number four at 30. You know, she's making making good time. Yeah, Celeste has found what she's looking for. She was looking for someone to to support her and Christina, someone who had money and means, and she's taking advantage of every opportunity in Stephen Beard. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what we'll call it. (laughs) And while Stephen has lived in Austin, like the city of Austin is blowing up, and Stephen is totally in the money game. He's got a lot of money. And this is actually money that he has made on his own. Oh, it's not like family money. Correct. So Stephen grew up very poor. They didn't have much and he wanted to make something better out of his life. He got his first job at Neiman Marcus and he met his first wife there named Elise. And Elise was a model for Neiman Marcus. Ooh. Yeah, and she was very pretty. She was a looker and her and Steve were married for 40 years and they had three kids together named Stephen Jr., Paul, and Becky. Becky! <laughs> Becky. Becky with a Y, not an IE. So not the same. So they were married for 40 years, but Elise became ill and she sadly passed away. And Stephen was a frequent flyer at the country club where Celeste was a waitress. And the relationship bloomed and Celeste quickly moved into Stephen's mansion. What a place... To be looking for a rich husband. Like, I don't think there's a better place that you could look for a rich husband. Than at a fancy-ass country club. Country club. I know. That's smart. That's that's genius thinking. That is very smart. Okay. That's, we gotta give it to her on that. Um, so whenever people ask Stephen who Celeste was, he would say, Oh, she's just working for me. Yeah, working for this dick. Oh. <laughs> Stephen would would tell his friends that Celeste was just his, quote, house manager. Yeah, dick manager. (laughs) Managing this dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so gross because he's 69. Oh, I can't. They had Viagra back then. Didn't they? I think it came out in the 90s, didn't it? This is is the 90s. This is the 90s. I was thinking 1969. No, she's... (laughs) know where we're at okay and all of elise's friends were super not happy about celeste moving into their home yeah, but I, 
I can imagine. Yeah. But despite all this, Celeste and Stephen get married anyway on February 18th, 1995. I hope there's a prenup. <laughs> We're going to get to that. So Stephen would admit that he might have been a little impulsive about his decision to marry Celeste, but he was happier. He's got this hot young wife and they're going to enjoy their lives together. So whenever they got married, Celeste signed a prenup. There we go. And the prenup stated that in the event of their divorce, she would get $500,000. Petty change. Yeah. Now, okay, maybe this is just me being like the... Devil's advocate? Yes. But like, if you sign a prenup, is there already something in the back of your mind that like, I don't think this is going to work out? I would assume yes. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Like, that. I feel like those like just stay like, yeah, I know this ain't going to fucking work. So just sign I know. this piece of paper. That just seems so weird it's to just, me. Yeah, I don't know. Just don't get married. Live together. Don't get married. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just financial savviness that I know nothing about, but... Whatever. I mean, he's also worth, like, millions of dollars. Yeah. So, who fucking knows? But anyways, so when the twins are 17 years old, Craig, their actual father, husband number one, okay. takes his own life. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and he does it whenever the twins are reunited for this, like, weekend getaway. So, like, they both go out of town. And dad does that while he's they're gone. Yes. That's sad. I know. So whenever he passes away, Celeste asks Stephen to adopt Christina and Jennifer. They're 17. That's weird. Yeah. It's a little strange. I mean, they're almost Legal legally age. adults. Yeah. That's a little weird, but okay. Yeah. 17? Nah. I don't know. But the girls are on board and they're like, hey... We don't have a dad anymore. Why don't you just adopt us? Cool. Let's do it. Interesting. Okay, at least they were cool with it. Yeah. No, they were fine with it. So Stephen adopts both Christina and Jennifer, and they all live together in Stephen's mansion. Okay. And the girls are very grateful for Stephen. He's a great stepdad. He's very loving and caring and doting towards his newly adopted teen children. So now, fast forward a little to 1999, and Stephen is not super happy with Celeste. She's still got a bit of a shopping problem, and she is blowing through their money, like, super fast. Oh, definitely didn't see that one coming. Yeah. So, I don't really know how prenups work, but for some reason, Stephen just handed over the $500,000 to her. Like, she signed it, and he gave it her $500,000, just like here? Yes. Interesting. So I really tried to like figure out how or why that could happen. Um, I don't, I don't know. know. I really don't know I, how I that happened or I don't why. Get, I, yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> but he gives her this $500,000 and she blows through it real quick. And Celeste's spending budget was $35,000 a month. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. If you handed me $35,000... First of all, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do with it. I wouldn't have, I have no idea. <laughs> and she was spending all of it. Like, how do you It's even not come like up... she was saving it. How do you come up with that much shit to buy? I don't know. $35,000. shit. Okay. Yeah. Right, Celeste. Uh, and Celeste said that she had over $500,000 in jewelry and at least 26 fur coats. Why? 
I don't know. I really don't. I don't understand this lifestyle. I've got one sweatshirt that I wear the <laughs> shit out of. <laughs> I do too. I, pro- I probably have like 20 sweatshirts, but I want to wear the shit out of that one sweatshirt. It's right here. And it it's says cat, cat lady on it. <laughs> that tracks. That's my favorite sweatshirt. It was probably $15 on Etsy. Probably. Oh, I just, I mean, I, I literally don't think that I could spend $35,000 a month. You know who could, though? Har. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Har. Happy birthday. Today's your birthday. Yeah, here's $35,000. <laughs> I wish. Go knock yourself out. Oh, I wish I could give that to you. Oh, my God. Um, okay. But Celeste would spend much more than this, which is crazy and celeste was very like manic with her shopping she would go on like midnight shopping sprees and just she had to spend it she had to okay yeah that's a nightmare yeah like oh i just i don't know so celeste not being satisfied with her thirty five thousand dollars a month actually ended up stealing some jewelry from steven's safety deposit box was that his wife's jewelry like his dead wife's jewelry i believe it was that's fucked up yeah and steven was super not happy about this because like he's giving her thousands of dollars a month to spend and she's going behind his back and stealing this jewelry out of his safety deposit box yeah and obviously he wanted to keep that yeah So this prompts Steven to say that he's going to divorce her if she didn't get her act together. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, to which Celeste says, well, I'm going to kill myself if you divorce me. Oh, casual. So classic manipulative behavior coming from Celeste. So Celeste knows that if Steven divorces her, she's got nothing. She's literally got nothing left. And she's going to be all on her own. Although this is husband number four, so I'm sure husband number five is probably waiting in the wings. And number six, (laughs) seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, ten. Uh, So we're four years into this marriage and things aren't looking good and the relationship is in trouble. She's been married a long time, though. Four years. I I feel like that's longer than the other ones. Yeah. Oh, that's much longer. So sometime in 1999, Celeste actually got her hands on a gun. Not sure how that happened. Great. Yeah, but at one point, she was, like, flailing it around and, like, pointing it at herself and her children. Uh, maybe maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, and this was like right after she bought it. Um, I don't know. That's scary. So after this incident happened with the flailing of the gun, before she met Steven, she didn't really have access to mental health care. So the day of this whole gun incident, Celeste voluntarily puts herself into a mental facility. Okay, good call there. Good on you. Take some personal realization seeing that shit ain't going well. Yeah. So, this is where things get crazy. Oh, shit. (laughs) Things get so crazy. (laughs) I can't. So, while Celeste is in this mental facility, she meets a lady named Tracy Tarleton. Okay. And they quickly become... Oh, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) They become lovers. Oh, my God. I can't. I really can't. A fucking lesbian named Tracy. (laughs) Tracy Chapman. Tracy. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so she's in love with Tracy Chapman. Oh my god, yes. And Tracy, she she is super lesbian. <laughs> she's got the look. <laughs> she's got the short hair. She's got the glasses. She's why are you talking dressed? about me? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> she does not look like you. Oh, oh my god! But she she's just oh just from first glance, you know you know what's going on there. Oh my god! So not only is she super lesbian, she's also superly mentally unstable. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we love that blind yeah. leading the blind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before being in the mental institution, oh, sorry, I just tickled your <laughs> leg. <laughs> uh, before being in the mental institution, Tracy worked at this company called Book People, which sounds like a really like wonderful place to be and work. And this company is like a lesser known author kind of place, like hipsters. This doesn't really have anything to do with anything. You but just I thought just, it was cool. I thought it was fun. Okay. <laughs> Love that. Um, and she was the manager there. So Celeste is at this mental facility and her and Tracy create this bond. Mostly, allegedly, bonding over childhood trauma. Aw, trauma bonding. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hashtag <laughs> trauma bonding. That doesn't work out usually. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, and we never got any info on what this trauma was. Because Celeste, didn't she have a nice, like, wonderful upbringing? Yes, with her adoptive parents. I think she just likes attention. I think she does, too. And she was probably just making shit up to okay befriend Tracy. So this relationship they have, Celeste says they're just, like, really good friends. Oh, really good friends. <laughs> We're so close, we just <laughs> sleep together naked and cuddle. <laughs> Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, but Tracy, on the other hand, thought this was more of a romantic type of relationship. And Tracy fell super hard. I'm talking super hard for Celeste. You know what? Lesbians, they love straight women. <laughs> we, we love a straight woman. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is wild. I got to roll my sleeves up for her. Oh, boy. <laughs> Also, I'm in my I'm in my comfort shirt. Yeah, the tuck. Because I was a little stressed out. Oh, so I had to put on my comfort shirt. A comfort tee. Oh, my comfort long sleeve tee. It's like an XXL. I love it. Anywho, <clears throat> okay. Now Celeste, back in the day, super cute. She's very thin, blonde hair, big brown eyes. She's very charismatic. I can totally see why Tracy fell for her. Flip side of that. Oh, Celeste today? Not, not she ain't cute. cute. <laughs> she... <laughs> I'm assuming prison has not been good to Celeste. <laughs> time was not. Time was not on her side. Oh, it's not good. Uh, but anyway, so Celeste and Tracy both get out of the mental facility and they remain friends. Friends. <laughs> Big quotes around friends. Yeah, they're just playing rock, paper, scissors, scissors <laughs> together. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors. scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So whenever they're out, Celeste would make frequent trips to book people to visit Tracy. And all of Tracy's co-workers were thinking that her and Celeste were like totally a thing. Yeah. If they're, they're acting like, like it. Yeah. yeah. Like this is my manager's girlfriend yeah. coming to visit. Tracy and Celeste even sat Christina and Jennifer down one night and were like, hey, 
we're a couple. This is happening. And the girls went on to say that Celeste would even, like, show off their relationship with Tracy directly in front of Steven. Uh, yeah, just being, like, very, like, flippant and disrespectful of literally everyone else in their lives. Okay. Being like, this is my girlfriend. And also, here's my husband. Here's my husband, who's old enough to be my daddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least one time over. Yeah. Maybe twice. So, Steve... I love this part. So, Steve has some big dad energy. Oh, like that shirt I got for Clinton? <laughs> yes. He fucking loves that shirt. It's a great shirt. And he also exudes big, big dad, dad energy. energy. <laughs> uh, so, Steve hosts this burger night every Wednesday. Oh, which we, we should... A, we should do that. <laughs> we should totally do. Uh, speaking of burgers... We're having burger night tonight. We're having burger night tonight, uh, which I put Dustin on the task because it's already 5.30 and those patties need to be made. Yep. So we got this burger night um, and he'd have the twins and all of their friends come over for this big get together. And on one burger night in particular, Celeste decided to invite Tracy over and Steve actually caught Celeste and Tracy making out on the back porch. No, they're just friends. They're just friends. We're just friends who touch mouths. Yeah. That's all it it's is. It's normal. <laughs> Europeans do it all the time. <laughs> and Celeste di- dies. Celeste, Celeste dies. The end. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Celeste dies after her lesbian kiss. <laughs> oh, my God. So Celeste denies that this ever happened, but I totally believe Steven. Yeah, I think I believe Steven. Yeah. So, Steve ordered Tracy to leave, and he's super upset, and once again, wants a divorce. Yeah. He's totally over Celeste. Yeah, I get it. Meanwhile, Celeste has portrayed Steven as this violent and abusive drunk to Tracy. So, like, she was making it out to Tracy that she, like, needed rescuing from this monster of a man. He's so terrible. He hosts Burger Night every Wednesday. Yeah, and gives me $35,000 a month to spend. Plus more. That's crazy. That's insane. (sighs) And it was kind of like a, you know, if only we could escape from this. We could live a wonderful life together away from this horrible man. Just like that Tracy Chapman song. (laughs) Fast Car. Fast Car. (laughs) Who is not sung (laughs) by a white man. man. Once again, I'm so sorry. Uh, But Steven and Celeste, in order to, like, reconcile their relationship, they're going to take a five-week vacation to Europe. What? Yeah. So this is going to be, like, the relationship fixer. Uh, You should try marriage counseling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, take all that money and buy a counselor. Uh, So before they leave, Celeste tells Tracy that if she goes on this trip... Steve is going to kill her. Oh, my fucking God. And she's so fucking dramatic. Yeah. Oh, my. So this, once again, is whenever things get bonkers. So it's October 2nd, 1999. Oh, Kendra's birthday. It is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Happy. Is she a Scorpio? Uh, Libra. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. All right. That makes much more sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. October 2nd, 1999. And dispatch receives a call from a man and he states, quote, I need an ambulance. Hurry. I'm at 3900 Toro Canyon Road. My guts just jumped out of my stomach. 
they blew out of my stomach, end quote. That's a fucking horror movie. Yeah. Okay, let's get... (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) So, Sergeant Truitt is on it, and he books it down the narrow and windy road to Stephen and Celeste's mansion. He enters the home, and furniture is overturned, drawers are open, looks like a robbery, and Stephen is still in distress. But there's, like, not really any visible sign of injury at first. But Stephen is airlifted to the nearest hospital anyway. But there's no sign of injury and he said his guts were out of his stomach yeah i was a little confused by that but in a couple different things that i read and watched they were like there was no apparent sign of injury at first weird okay i know but anywho while steven is being taken to the hospital another trooper informs sergeant truitt that he's found a shotgun shell in the bedroom so like we're guessing steven was shot at this point in time Yeah, if you find a shotgun shell, I would assume. Yeah. So, get this. Steven is gone. He's been flown via helicopter to the hospital. And then, Celeste just casually strolls in and is all, Who are you all? What are you doing here? She she didn't know the cops were there? She had no idea that the police multiple vehicles a helicopter you had she had no a whole ass helicopter (laughs) came in and airlifted your husband out and you didn't hear that (laughs) she had no idea oh their house was so big that she had no idea that the cops were even there oh your life is so fucking hard okay (laughs) yeah Uh, so celeste had been sleeping in christina's room that night in another wing of the home And Jennifer actually wasn't even there. She was at the family's lake house. Thank goodness. Yeah. Also, A, can you imagine having a lake house? (laughs) A lake house and wings to your home. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and I was going to say, B, having a home so large you couldn't hear a gunshot. That's insane. Or a helicopter. Yeah. So, like, Celeste and Christina, they have no idea what's going on. They didn't hear anything. They didn't see anything. Nothing. They got nothing. So, Sergeant Truitt explains that they received a call from a man, Stephen, Mm -hmm. saying that he needed medical attention. And this is whenever Celeste goes into, like, shock. Being all, oh my god, like, what happened to my husband? Not my husband. Not my my wallet. (laughs) Not my sugar daddy. (laughs) Investigators are on the case. And there seems to be a reoccurring name, Tracy Tarleton. Hmm. And they even asked the twins, like, who would want to shoot your father? And Jennifer says, I'm not supposed to say this, but I think you should look into Tracy. And Celeste had told both of the girls to specifically not mention Tracy's name. Weird. Why would you say that? Why is that, Celeste? You're just friends. (laughs) You're not bumping uglies or anything. So, the day after the shooting, authorities go to Tracy's home, and they knock on the door, and she lets them in. And they're all, hey, do you want a shotgun? (laughs) Casual. And she's like, yeah, it's in my closet. (laughs) With my sexuality. You want to go get it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my dildos and my (laughs) (laughs) strap-ons. So, they all hold hands, and they take a field trip to the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so tracy hands over the gun and the gun has her name like written in cursive on the like handle of the gun (laughs) cute yeah fun 
Uh, but the shotgun clearly smells of cleaning fluid, so they take the shotgun. Sus. Yeah. So the shotgun used to kill Stephen was a 20 gauge, which evidently is not super common. Yeah, I don't know shit about guns, but I'm going to guess that that's what Tracy has. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. I was going to say, and guess what? Tracy's shotgun, also a 20 gauge. Huh. Oh. And forensics verified that this was indeed the weapon used to shoot Stephen. Dun, dun, dun. So now Tracy is charged with the attempted murder of Stephen Beard. Attempted? Attempted. No, okay. he's not dead. Okay. He's not dead yet. Oh, spoiler. He's not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> he's alive. Uh, okay. Um, so months after Tracy's arrest, Stephen is released from the hospital. Because he's alive. He is alive. And Stephen didn't have a super great time in the hospital, which he, nobody does, but he's, like. He's old as fuck. Yeah. He got shot. Yeah, he's old. His health isn't that great, but he did get to go home. Also, side note, while Stephen was in the hospital, the twins, Christine and Jennifer, snuck in a puppy. That's sweet, Lillian. It's super sweet. They were just trying to, like, help raise his spirits. And also, we don't know the puppy's name or the gender, which I don't appreciate, but he or she looks like a little spaniel of sorts. Oh, like Ducky. Like yeah. Ducky Dog. Oh, such a cute puppy. Oh, my God. Okay, side note over. Steven goes home, and Celeste is his caretaker. I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> and a few days into being home, Steven takes a turn for the worse. Celeste gets him into the car, drives him to the hospital, and very sadly, he passes away three days later on January 22nd, 2000, at the age of 75 years old. So, um, is there some, is there any arsenic involved here? Um, surprisingly, no. Oh, okay. Continue. At least not that I know of, but we hmm. can speculate wildly if okay. you would like to. I love that. <laughs> uh, so Stephen lived three and a half months after being shot and Celeste and Jennifer and Christina were all completely distraught. Well, I'm sure two of the three were. <laughs> Uh, so this is so weird oh god this is so weird it gets weirder <laughs> so the girls they go with celeste to get a casket for steven the twins are 18 at this time okay and celeste insists on purchasing two pink caskets for, for the girls is it bogo <laughs> i'm confused <laughs> Are they having to buy one, get one? I don't. Uh, this but is she, odd. Yeah, but she was very insistent to the girls that she go ahead and purchase these two caskets. You know, just while they're there, they may you know, as well. Um, <laughs> my dad, he has not purchased a casket for me. <laughs> I'm surprised Ray hasn't purchased just one, one for me. <laughs> uh, although I would like to be cremated. And I want my ashes to go to Australia. Uh, what? Okay, we'll go into that later. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. So, the charges against Tracy are now raised to murder. It's a murder. It's a murder most foul. <laughs> uh, and Celeste starts living her best life. She's shopping. She's getting rid of Stephen's belongings. She's partying. She's trying to do everything she can to cope with the death of her beloved Stephen. Well, she's distraught. She just <laughs> lost 
her sugar daddy. Ah, she did. This is also wild. So on February 16th, 2000, Celeste has reached her breaking point, and on this night, while at home with the girls, Celeste suggests that they should all kill themselves. Um, and then... What? Okay, continue. And then Celeste proceeds to grab a butcher knife, holds it up above her head, and then she stabs herself in the thigh. I'm talking full on. What? Not 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 a cut. I'm talking stabby stab. stab? Yes. So the girls start freaking out, and they call nine one one, and emergency services are dispatched to tend on Celeste. (laughs) Fucking psycho. Okay. Stabbed herself in the thigh. So now, while she's in the hospital, the twins are in charge of Celeste's finances, and they notice that she's writing checks for like thousands of dollars to her assistant. Who was named Donna? And Why I just want you to. Assistant? I just want you to hold on to that. Why does she have an assistant? She was a waitress at a country club. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I want you to hold on to that because we're going to come back to it here in just a second. So Celeste, she's still in the hospital and she wants to get out and she wants Christina to come and pick her up, but Jennifer goes to pick her up instead. And Celeste is saying all these things like, "quote Christina is going to pay and she's going to get what's coming to her." End quote her child yes so she's saying these things to jennifer about christina her her twin sister (laughs) yeah it's her own daughter so this prompts christina to start recording the phone conversations she has with her mother there you go good girl (laughs) and one of these conversations is would you like to read these for me oh would i like can i be celeste yeah they're all i think they're all oh they're all celeste yeah perfect uh (laughs) Oh, do you want me to read it in my sassy voice? Yeah, that's yeah, what you want. Okay. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going to run my life. Do you understand that? You are a 19-year-old acting like a 12-year-old. I was fucking depressed, you fucking little bitch. I was fucking sick. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to fucking stick a knife down my throat, you bitch. Wow. <laughs> End quote. And, uh, and quote... I don't appreciate you meddling into my business when I asked you not to. And when you came home, I was going to tell you exactly why. What Donna has on me. End quote. (laughs) So then Christina asks, what does she have? Well, quote, I hired someone to kill Tracy. (laughs) End scene. End scene. Oh, Oh, that was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You know I love a sassy voice. (laughs) I do. Uh, okay, so now Christina's like, um, <laughs> I'm assuming you asked Tracy to kill Steve, and now you're trying to get someone to kill Tracy. <laughs> and you're also thinking about killing us. Well, so, like, yeah, she can't, she can't leave people <laughs> in the plot. So when does it end? When does the cycle end, Celeste? Do tell. She's not very good at planning. No, bad plan. So Celeste sees the girls, like, their behavior, they're they're afraid of her. And they're kind of turning on her. Because remember, Stephen was super wealthy. He had a fuck ton of money. So, like, were the girls just turning on her for financial gain? I don't know. I think they were just terrified. I think they were, too. I'd be terrified. Yeah. If I, if I heard my mom talk to me like that, I'd be like, you're psycho. Yeah. And I saw her raise a butcher knife above her head and stab herself stab herself in the thigh like, psychotic this bitch is crazy she I needs to, she needs to be locked up in that hospital again 
Yeah. And also remember that Stephen has three children of his own. So like money is definitely playing a factor in this. And so the five kids in total actually go to civil court to try to take the reins of this whole money situation from Celeste. Smart. And they lose. And they Celeste, lose? They lost. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Celeste got everything. They lost. Oh, my God. By this point, the twins have moved out of the mansion. And they kind of go, like, on the run. They, I would, too. My yeah. mom tried to kill me. They drain their bank accounts. They stay in hotels. They only pay cash. They're convinced their mother is trying to kill them, either herself or by hiring someone to kill them. Yeah, I would hide, too. Yeah, so they even took out an order of protection from their mother, and the story of them doing this was actually published in the newspaper. That's odd. So keep that in mind as well. Okay. Now, this is an ongoing investigation of sorts. Interesting. So I guess that's why it was published, but just keep that in mind. Okay. Just for a little bit. So it doesn't take too long for Celeste to get back into the dating scene. Shocking. All of this is happening so quickly. I feel like I'm getting like whiplash okay, from but, this. All right, but is she going with is she going man this time or is she going to keep going on the lesbian train? She's going with men. She's going with men. All right. She is, and her daughters later say that they think that she jumped into this whole dating thing real quick to cover up the lesbian affair storyline. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah. So with that, um, Celeste starts dating and eventually gets married to a bartender named Cole Johnson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she gets married again. Love. Yeah. True love. 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 <laughs> uh, and she totally forgets about Tracy. Oh. And Stephen. Clearly. It, I mean, sh- fuck him. Yeah. So Tracy is totally devastated by this. And she reads in the newspaper that the twins had taken out an order of protection on their mother. So this prompts Stacy to flip the old script on Celeste. on Celeste. There we go. Yep. So it was literally just from her reading that newspaper article that she was like, this oh. bitch. Yeah. She's like, her own children are afraid of her. Yeah. Like, I need to say something. So get this. Tracy is now saying that Celeste commissioned her to murder Stephen due to his abusive and controlling tendencies. And that Celeste had unlocked the door to the home that night whenever Stephen was shot, told her exactly how to navigate the home and where to find Stephen sleeping in his bed so she could kill him. Yeah, I mean, it's a big house, so I feel like it'd be a little difficult to just find him and kill him quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, you'd need a map. Yeah, that's for sure. So Tracy cuts a deal and accepts a 20-year sentence with parole application after 10 years in exchange to testify against her lover, her lover, Celeste. They're just friends. <laughs> but they're just buds. We're, we just make out sometimes <laughs> when we're drunk. <laughs> and Celeste is arrested for a capital murder on March 28, 2000 for Stephen Beard's murder. And then she goes on trial in March of 2023. What? Yeah. Three year wait for this you trial. You said 2023. You meant 2003? Oh, shit. <laughs> it did mean I was like, fuck. Quick and speedy trial, my ass. <laughs> 2003 <laughs> not 2023 oh shit that's funny <laughs> yet oh my god 
Uh, oh my god. Okay, so Celeste gets her defense in line. And first in place, we have Dick DeGarren. And Dick is a fucking character. I would hope so with a name like Dick DeGarren. Yeah. And also, I knew that name sounded familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. You know who he um, defended? Mm -mm. Robert Durst. Oh. In Texas. Oh. Whenever he chopped up that guy. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. (laughs) So he's Robert Durst's defense person. But he's got the cowboy hat. He's got the southern accent. He's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. George yeah. W. Bush, he would hire him. <laughs> yeah. They're buddies. They're buddies. They're not lesbians. They're, They're buddies. They're buddies. <laughs> we just drink Bud Light and fuck. <laughs> On the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> They're cousin Bethany. <laughs> Okay, so Dick is going to try to paint the picture that Tracy acted on her own accord with no outward save from Celeste, the scorned lover technique. Oh, okay. Also, so during the trial, Celeste looks completely different than all of the past photos that we have seen of her. She has like long, mousy brown hair. She's got real small glasses on, no makeup, and is inexplicably using crutches. I feel like she's trying to play like the I'm just an innocent little victim shit. Listen to this. So I had typed all these notes up and I was watching more because, you know, I never have enough information. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched another short little documentary on this and Celeste explains the whole crutches thing. And this is her story verbatim. She says... <laughs> She's so, she's so extra. She says, I, I fainted in the middle of the county hospital and my, my foot stuck to the concrete. So that's whenever I spun around and I, I just got a spiral fracture in my tibia, end quote. What? (laughs) She said it like while giggling. (laughs) Ma'am. It was so annoying. She's so annoying. (laughs) Uh, and then, right before the trial started, the doctor wanted to take the cast off, and Celeste was like, nah, we should leave it on. Hashtag sympathy. <laughs> sympathy cast. Uh, oh my god, I feel like this happens a lot. Oh yeah. Remember fucking Carl Carlson? He was in a wheelchair. Chair, for no reason. No reason. Just in a wheelchair. I'm just gonna show up in a... It, it's stupid. So, anyway. um, So, Celeste is very different from her past life, where her hair was, like, short and super blonde and done and makeup listic and she just... Uh, it's... She looks like a different person. And also, she's, like, the whole time she's on trial, she's, like, leaning in and listening very intently to everything everyone is saying. Like, she's doing a lot of this. Like, she's and so like, confused hmm, as to who the fuck is like, saying this about uh, me. Yeah, a lot of furrowed brow and, like, hmm, did I do that? <laughs> it's just, it's so weird. Uh, so, while at the trial, Tracy takes the stand. Tracy explains that she and Celeste were sweethearts, and now they had a budding sexual relationship once they got out of the mental hospital. Romance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Celeste is, like, cringing throughout Tracy's entire testimony. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Fucking great. She's making, like, a lot of, like, like, what? Like, yep. What? Yep, she is talking about your snatch. <laughs> she is. And Tracy testifies that she loved Celeste and that she thought Celeste loved her as well. No. Yeah. And Celeste had told Tracy, allegedly, quote, he's going to die soon, but not soon enough. So I'm going to help him along in whatever way I can. (laughs) End quote. 
You know who this reminds me of? Uh, Miranda Boob. Miranda. Get, yeah, getting into the affair so that the guy would kill her husband. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Same kind of vibe. Damn, you're right. God, it's crazy. Um, And then Tracy also says that Celeste asked her to shoot Steven with her shotgun and Tracy agreed to go through with it. Which Celeste completely denies any of this ever happening. I mean, happening. she's like, she's a poor, battered wife. You need to shoot him so that we can be together. Yeah. Love. If you if you really love me, you'll you kill my it. husband. Yeah, you would murder someone for me. Yeah. Oh, Fucking my God. prove it. <laughs> so, back on the stand with Tracy, Dick, the defense guy, yep. is trying to tell Tracy that this was all in her head. Her relationship with Celeste. Celeste asking her to marry... Marry... <laughs> her relationship with celeste celeste asking her to murder her husband none of this happened because you know they did meet in a mental facility but tracy stuck to her guns and was like no that crazy bitch totally asked me to kill her husband so i did to quote save her from his abusive and controlling behavior i mean if you're gonna go that route isn't everything celeste says also full of shit because she was also in the mental hospital exactly i'm just saying yeah you can't play that card one place and not play it the other yeah. yeah god so tracy she did a really great job on the stand she explained herself very well she didn't get emotional she answered every question matter of factly without getting riled up pretty good i was pretty impressed by that's, her that's good testimony yeah so now it's a she said she said she said she said <laughs> lesbian murder <laughs> Uh, so we're going to need some input from a third party. So we're going to turn to Celeste's daughters, Christina and Jennifer, and they are going to take Celeste fucking down. Twin power. <laughs> um, so they play the tape again. The one that Alex so graciously and yes. very well reenacted You're earlier. <laughs> the tape that Christina recorded where she said she hired someone to kill Tracy and not only that, they revealed Celeste's true colors whenever Stephen wasn't around. Apparently, Celeste would make fun of him, demean him, say he was disgusting, say things like, why won't he just die already? And that she'd only married him for the money. She'd call him a fat fuck and a pig. And she had confided all of these thoughts and feelings in her teenage daughters. Oh, um, yeah. maybe not smart if you're also threatening to kill them. Yeah, with your pink caskets. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this also came out at trial that Celeste had also poisoned Stephen before his murder. She'd crush up sleeping pills and put them in his food. She would spike his alcohol just not to like kill him. She just wanted him to pass out so that she could go out and live her life. Yeah. So she can go bang her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when Stephen got home from the hospital after being shot, Celeste would like change his bandages with dirty hands. Uh. She didn't take great care of him. I mean, everything is lining up that Celeste wanted Stephen dead. Yeah. So Dick's big defense argument is <laughs> that <laughs> Dick's big, big dick, big big dick. <laughs> His defense is that the twins were lying so that they could inherit Stephen's fortune. Mm. Uh. Th- that's his only defense, is that two witnesses are making things up in order to get money. What about all the other... All the other things. What about Tracy? She just making that shit up too? Yeah. Um, so they are just testifying to get justice for Steve. So they go back to the... Oh, oh yes. So once again, they go back to the tapes. 
the ones that were recorded. And the defense brought in this ridiculous looking man <laughs> named Doug Morrison. He's got super long hair and simply just a mustache. <laughs> That's his only facial hair. <laughs> he's, he's really not cute. Um, but this Doug guy says that when Celeste said, quote, she hired someone to kill Tracy, end quote, that those tapes could have been altered and doctored. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's a They're thing. also like 18-year-old kids. Yeah. And this is the... Or 19 maybe now, but... Early 2000s? Yeah, they don't know how to fucking do that. No. That, uh, nice try. Yeah. Nice try, Doug. So remember all those checks that Celeste was writing out to Donna? Yeah, her personal assistant. Her personal assistant. <laughs> <laughs> she was writing them out to her so that she could hire a hitman to kill Tracy. Why wasn't Donna just pocketing this money? Like, you had she to know. Was. She was. She like, was. you know Celeste is crazy. Just pocket the money. So this is Donna's response. She gets on the stand. And she testifies uh, that Celeste had asked her casually to get rid of Stephen, or to get rid of Tracy. And Donna says that she never intended on finding someone to kill Tracy. She was just looking to make some quick cash. Smart. <laughs> she, I'll give it to her. And she, like, said it with a smirk. She was like, I don't know. I was and just she, trying to make some money. She probably thought the list was full of shit. <laughs> Oh my god, it's too funny. So Celeste did not testify at her trial, despite her wanting to, allegedly. I mean, Dick was probably like, you ain't getting on that stand, you crazy, stupid bitch. Oh yeah, Dick was like, no, no ma'am. <laughs> you, no. you ain't getting up there. <laughs> uh, so instead, a videotape was shown of Dick questioning Celeste, meaning she can't be cross-examined. And in this video, Celeste is like total zombie mode. No arm movements, really no expressions, no changes in tone of voice. It was super weird and a little like uncomfortable to watch. You're on trial for murder. Maybe have some emotion. Yeah. And it was just, it was not compelling, but she still denied everything. So the defense blamed it all on Tracy, the scorned lover, and the prosecution blamed it all on Celeste. The psycho lover. So who's going down? I hope it's Psycho Lover. <laughs> so the jury deliberated for three days. Wow. And they reach a verdict. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> Celeste is guilty of capital murder and injury to an elderly individual. Bye, Bye bitch. <laughs> uh, in the sentencing hearing. Oh, capital murder. Is she getting the death penalty? No. Fuck. Okay. I know. Although it is Texas. It is Texas. No. Wait. No, she didn't get the death penalty. Um, so in the sentence hearing, the girls got to speak and Christina states, quote, what did I ever do to you? Or Jen. Like, what did Jen ever do to you? Mm -hmm. Except love you. You threw us away like we didn't matter and you sit there like you don't care. You say we turned on you. Well, you turned on us. You turned on the whole Beard family. He let you into his home, loved you, honored you, obeyed you, and you violated him and murdered him. You are guilty. Shame on you. All right. Christina. I know. That's big boob energy right there. I felt like I had big boob energy to sing. <laughs> yes, Christina. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so Celeste was sentenced to life in prison plus 10 years, and she had to pay a fine of $10,000 for abuse of an elderly person. And she's been serving her time at the women's prison in Gatesville, Texas. Does she have a new girlfriend? 
Uh, I want to say probably, I can only assume so. Probably, right? <laughs> I can only assume she does. Uh, so Celeste now says that she wishes she would have raised her daughters with nurture and love instead of teaching them how to lie. And that she was betrayed what? by everyone she loved. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And Tracy Tarleton, she was sentenced to 20 years and released after 10 with pro- or with 12 years probation, which all of that actually happened. She out now. Was she serving at the same prison as Celeste? I don't believe so. Okay, that's good. I don't have I feel like Celeste full confirmation. She might have. She might have. She might have, she might have hired somebody to kill her. Yes, true. <laughs> the lunch lady or somebody. <laughs> Poisoner. Yeah. Uh, so Celeste, speaking about Tracy's incarceration, says that that, was, that wasn't fair. Boo-hoo. That's just not fair. And she even, God, the way she speaks, she's like, it's, it's just not fair. She's out there living her life and I'm stuck in here. Shut the Bitch. fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, now this is sad. So I forgot to put this in here, but Christina, or maybe it was Jennifer. I'm not sure. One of the twins. Yes, one of the twins. Um, she testified, or whenever she testified about Tracy at like the closing argument, she said, you know, I hope you get rehabilitated. I hope you can come back into society. Blah blah blah. And they like kind of had like a. They knew that she was manipulated by their mother. Yeah, basically. Um, so that was kind of sad. But she is now. She is out now. So Tracy was later interviewed in her home, and she stated that, quote, to shoot somebody for a charlatan, I don't think that says much about me, does it? End quote. Yeah. Wow. I know. It gave me chills. I was like, damn, Tracy. Like, that's rough. You know you fucked up. Yeah, you you done (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) So Celeste has made many appeals, but none of them have gone through. And she's still in prison today. She'll be eligible for parole in 2042 at the age of 80 years old and she's still claiming innocence oh my of course she is yeah um so jennifer is still living in austin living her best lesbian life with her chosen family and christina moved on and married and has two little girls of her own and they have not neither of them have spoken to their mother since the trial so jennifer one of the twins is a lesbian she is this is so great That's oh, so great. She is also a super lesbian. I love them. That's I love so great. both of them. I'm going to go look at pictures of this. <laughs> oh, it's great. So Celeste states, quote, I always love my girls and I'm sorry I'm not the mother you needed me to be. And I would love to just have a conversation with them and to meet my grandkids, end quote. Oh, no. no. No, don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and Christina and Jennifer are having none of it and do not forgive their mother to this day. Good. You yeah. don't have to forgive anybody. Yep. And there's at least two books written about this case. The Fortune Hunter by Susie Spencer. And Susie states that Celeste is charming and funny and can tell a good story. And that she can tell you a story with just enough truth mixed in with the lies that it becomes a little believable. Hmm. And there's another book called... Wait, is this one Tracy? Yeah. Oh, fucking course. (laughs) (laughs) She's got the Leonardo DiCaprio hair. She does. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's big lesbian vibe. (laughs) And I bet you this one's the lesbian. Oh, you know, if it was closer, I could tell you 100%. But I don't know, just by looking at that one. Okay. (laughs) I'll figure it out. Because <laughs> they, one has, um, Christina has them all right here. Jennifer has them all right here. Jennifer's got them all right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was right. 
my god. Um, okay, and the other book is called She Wanted It All, A True Story of Sex, Murder, and a Texas Millionaire by Katherine Casey. Lesbian love triangle. <laughs> oh, wasn't that completely That was fucking insane. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> God. Oh my God. Um. Okay. So for fun facts, we're gonna talk about Stephen's mansion. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's wild, and I looked it up on Zillow, as I am want to do for all of the addresses that we get. Yes. <laughs> uh, so thirty nine hundred Toro Canyon Road in Austin, Texas, zip code seven eight seven four six. Feel free to look this up. Oh, please do. So the mansion is currently off the market with an estimated value of $5,078,100. Woo! God damn. With an estimated rent at $21,000 a month. You know, me and Kendra, we were just (laughs) looking to move. I know. I should have sent this one to you. Yeah. (laughs) Totally affordable. Uh, it's a 7,325 square foot house with, uh, okay, I was confused by this, four bedrooms and five bathrooms. The house we are sitting in currently has four bedrooms. I'm con- Why so are, are there like, not more bedrooms? Is it like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, like random like office rooms or something? I don't know. I guess so. Who knows? So it's a single family home built in 1996 and it's on 2.33 acres and the exterior is stucco. And it has a spa on site. See, that's why there's not as many bedrooms. Because there's a spa. The built-in spa. The built-in spa. (laughs) Uh, Most of the property is flat and wooded with a stream running through the property. Oh. Yeah. The HOA is $166 a month. The interior has bamboo floors, a formal living room, a game room, a utility room, and a great room with a fireplace. See, that's why there's not a lot of bedrooms. You got the spa, you got the formal living room, game room, utility room. Don't even know what a utility room is. It's the laundry room. Oh, it's a fucking, just call it a laundry room. And the exterior has a private backyard and a waterfall and a water feature, don't know what that is, as well as a private pool, a separate guest house, and a sport court. Sport ball. (laughs) Whatever that means. Probably like tennis. (laughs) Pickleball. Yeah. And it is a four minute drive to the Austin Country Club. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So go look it up because it's fabulous. And that is that on that. Holy fuck. I'm exhausted. That's a lot of lesbian lovers. (laughs) Oh, man. And we have a Patreon. Oh, we do have a Patreon. We have. That wasn't where I was going to segue into that. Oh. Um, Yes, we need to read off the list of our patrons. Yes, it is uh, Christine, Myrtle, Methany, May, (laughs) Warren. Bram. Bram. (laughs) A.K.A. Sugar. Yes. So thank you for being our Patreon. We love you so I mean, much. Patron. Patron on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. And we also have an Instagram. At hashtag MurderPod. Spell it all out. And? Uh, Spacebook, which is linked to the Instagram. Spacebook. <laughs> Spacebook. <laughs> uh, 
still don't know how Facebook works, but everything's linked to the Instagram. Yeah, so it's fine. Don't message us on there. Message on the Insta. Yes. Um, and if you like this, give us five stars. Share us to all your friends. Yeah, that's the that really helps us out a lot. Um, and look for us on Patreon. That will also help us out a lot. Share us on your Instagram. That yeah. helps us out a lot. Um, well, we have burgers to go eat. And we are hungry. I'm starving. I'm very hungry. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Love Love you. you. Bye. Bye. Lesbians. Rock, paper, scissors, scissor. (laughs) I was hoping you'd throw one over there. Oh. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. We'll let that slide. She's making something. Says that she wished it. God damn it. By this point, the girls, the twins. Hold on. While Stephen is being taken to the hospital, another trooper informs Sergeant Truitt. <laughs> oh my. No more talk to text for you. Sergeant Truitt. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> we'll put that at the end. <laughs> the murder weapon. We've got the weapon. She murdered him with the shotgun in the closet <laughs> of the mansion. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hold on. Because we don't know he's dead yet. One moment. One moment. To get a casket. So once they're out, Celeste would make frequent twi- Twits. <laughs> Twits. I can't. I'm so tired. <coughs> so, Sergeant Truant. Nope. Uh. Hold on. Also. No, I'm going to leave that part out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. 